Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Look to God's Word just for a brief moment here tonight so that we can have a, a scriptural foundation upon which to build and upon, of course, which to, to operate from. To know that what we are expecting God to do by His Spirit is biblically based. We don't want to just do something for the sake of doing something. There is a fine line between uh, that which is of the Spirit of God and that which is of the Spirit of darkness. And we don't want to lean over to the wrong side of that line, do we? Amen. We want to stay in line with God. And so just briefly, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures that will help us better understand how the Spirit of God manifests Himself. First of all, we recognize that the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. How many of you know that? And that before the day of Pentecost, the full manifestation of the Spirit of God was not in operation upon this earth. Now, He did manifest Himself in the lives of the king, the priest, and the prophet. You know, those that stood in specific offices of ministry and they had a working of the Spirit of God in their lives. But Jesus told His disciples, He said, Now tarry ye and wait in Jerusalem, of course, and then they would be in due power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost came upon them. Notice the Holy Ghost comes upon people. We want the Holy Ghost not only to manifest Himself within us, but also to come upon us. See, if you're a Spirit-filled believer here tonight, you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And I'll tell you what, if you came prayed up and stirred up, then the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is ready. Amen. Amen. But it's also true that the Holy Ghost will fall upon us. Fall upon us. And you can sense it. You know when it happens. And when He does fall upon us, of course, we want to be sensitive to His leading and to the direction that He gives us so that we can, of course, cooperate with Him and miracles will take place. Now, here in Acts chapter 2, it says in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here we see a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, falling upon these people visibly, where they actually saw the fire of the Spirit of God sitting upon the people. And as it sat upon them, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, being filled with the Holy Ghost means that He went on the inside of them. And up until that point, people were not that way filled with the Holy Ghost. He came to dwell in their spirit, to indwell them in spirit. In other words, to live on the inside of them. You see, they were recreated in spirit already when they received the new birth and were born again. But now we see another work or manifestation of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. He actually takes up residency on the inside of them. And as he fills them, of course, we see that they spoke with other tongue as he gave them utterance. They have become the temple of the living God. And now the Shekinah glory or the Spirit of God fills them or floods their soul, floods them on the inside, floods their spirits. And it is such a marvelous experience, I'll tell you what, they just can't hold back the praises of God in an unknown tongue. 
It says they spoke with other tongues. In other words, tongues that they were unaware of. So where there is a spirit-filled people, you're going to hear a lot of tongue talking. Amen. Amen. That's just part of it. Yeah. Someone says, I don't want that tongue business. Well, you buy a pair of shoes, the tongue goes with it. Isn't that true? It goes with it. You don't want to cut the tongue out and throw it away. You want the whole package. Isn't that right? Well, we want the whole package, praise God. We see the Spirit of God fell upon them. Now, I want you to also notice that man did not initiate this. Peter didn't initiate it. That's right. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She didn't initiate it. None of these others initiated this. It was God the Father who initiated this outpouring of His Spirit upon all flesh. And when He fell upon them, there appeared cloven tongues like as a fire, and they began to speak out with other tongues as He gave them utterance. And they spoke out and they worshipped God. Basically, they just sang praise or, or spoke out praises unto God. And then you move on down and look at verse 13. Or verse, let's look at verse 12. Uh, verse 11, let's start there. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They were speaking the wonderful works of God. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful to have somebody sitting by you while you were speaking out with other tongues and telling you exactly what, what you were saying? They were speaking about wonderful works of God. Can you imagine that? They're probably saying things like, God, you're so great, you made the heavens and the earth and seen all that in them is. And there's no God like under you and all the earth. My goodness, and just begin to just talk about, you know, God and boast on their God and glorify their God. And they were doing that in languages or, or, or tongues that they knew not, did not know. They knew not of. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. In other words, they look drunk to us. You know, it seems like they're just staggering around the place. They're staggering around and they're drunk. They don't know what they're doing. They've lost their senses. They've lost their minds. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, vapor of smoke. Amen. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so Peter went on by the unction of the Holy Ghost, preaching a sermon about the Lord Jesus Christ and how God hath raised Him from the dead. And they crucified Him, but, couldn't, but no power could hold Him down. God raised Him up from the dead, and they are witnesses. And He is right now at the right hand of the Father. And look at verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he, he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. I want you to notice that the Holy Ghost will always glorify Jesus. Amen. The Holy Ghost will always exalt Jesus. Amen. That's what he'll do. And that's what he did through Peter. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. Now, there are those that say, well, all that ended with the apostles. Well, verse 39 says, The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This promise of the Holy Ghost is for everybody. This mighty promise of God for, uh, for, for the, of the Holy Ghost is for every single blood-washed child of God. This same manifestation of the Holy Ghost, this same working of the Holy Ghost, this same power of the Holy Ghost that they had to witness for Jesus is for every single child of God. And you know, there are not two Holy Ghosts. There's only one. And we've got the same one that they had, praise God. And Jesus Himself said, way over there in John 14, 12, The works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall I do, because I am going unto my Father. How in the world were we supposed to do the same works that Jesus did with less equipment? You can't do that, can you? You've got to have the same equipping. You've got to have the same power. You've got to have the same ability. You've got to have the same potential at work in you that He had at work within Him. And the same way that we're going to do the works of Jesus is by the same power. And He said, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you to notice that. The Immaculate Son of God said, He is upon me. The Holy Ghost is upon me. You know what? Every born-again, spirit-filled child of God should acknowledge every single day that the Holy Ghost is upon me. The Holy Ghost is upon me to play a musical instrument. The Holy Ghost is upon me to preach and teach the Word of God. The Holy Ghost is upon me to play or to sing or to testify or to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is upon me to teach a class, praise God, to counsel, to witness to somebody or whatever it is. The Holy Ghost is upon me. Hallelujah. We should get used to saying that every single day. For the Holy Ghost is upon me. Why? Because ye shall have whatsoever he saith. What shall he have? Whatsoever he saith. Holy Ghost is a gentleman. And if we don't acknowledge his presence, he won't manifest himself. But you know what? You can stir up, praise God. You've got the stick to stir up the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And it's right here in your mouth. Glory to God. Did you know that? That tongue of yours and mine is a stirring stick. We can stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And we do that by praying in the Holy Ghost, praising in the Holy Ghost, and magnifying God in the Holy Ghost. We want to have Holy Ghost meetings, and that means we want to have what the Holy Ghost does in this place. We want to str- Now, I realize that sometimes people will come in that have no knowledge or understanding of the Holy Ghost. But that's okay. If they keep coming long enough, they're going to slip right on in. And they're going to get a hold of the same Holy Ghost that we have. Amen. 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 They're genuinely born again. They're saved. But there's a whole lot more, praise God, than just being saved, isn't there? There is a whole lot more to have in God. We can have Holy Ghost power. Now, we can expect people to have what manifesting? Well, we can expect the the fire of God to fall upon people. We can expect them to speak with other tongues, the wonderful works of God. We can expect them to prophesy. We can expect them to have dreams, amen, and signs and wonders to be manifest through those lives of these people. We can expect them to almost appear to us as if they're drunk in the Holy Ghost. Now, let's go over to the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. In the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, now this is making reference here in this particular text to the Gentile nation. Because you see over there in Acts 2, that was the Jewish people. And when God poured out His Spirit upon the Jews, it was a work of God alone. Man had nothing to do with it. 
In other words, man didn't initiate it. Man didn't start it. It did not originate with man. It came from heaven above. Jesus himself said that he was going to leave and the Holy Ghost would come. The Comforter would come and take his place here upon this earth. Isn't that right? That's what he said. And that's when he came in Acts 2. And that's what he did to the people. That's the effect he had upon those people's lives in Acts 2. Okay? Now, in Acts 10, Peter himself did not know that the Gentiles can receive the same gift of God. You have to remember the Jews believed that the Gentiles were on the outside looking in. And they didn't have the full revelation of the fact that God came to bring the Gentile nations into the kingdom of God. And so if you know the story here. As a matter of fact, let's take a little bit of time to read some of this story. Let's start with verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel that spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when they had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up to the house top to pray about the sixth hour, and when he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at four corners and let down to the earth, wherein uh, were, uh, were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. And now while Peter doubted in himself that what this vision uh, which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said, The Spirit said, Unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is this ca- the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius... And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of a good report among the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after, they entered into Caesarea. And Cornelius waited for them, and he called, had called together his kinsmen and near friends. I like that about him. He didn't want this just for himself. Praise God. He called everybody together. He said, come on. Something's going to happen. It's big. Let's all gather together. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him. And, and he fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many uh, were come together. And he said unto them, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation 
But God had showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. I want you to notice that's how the Holy Ghost was working in Peter's lives. In Peter's life. See, the Holy Ghost will do some things. He's coming into our lives to help us to help others, but also to help us to help ourselves. And Peter didn't understand this. Peter did not know that that's what God wanted to be, have done. But the Holy Ghost got a hold of him and taught him some things. Therefore came I unto you without gain, saying, As soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting unto this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are, ha- are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter, for he, he is lodged in the house of one Simon the Tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things. Which he did both in, in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words. How many of you know the Holy Ghost was on Peter? How many of you know that? I mean to tell you, God did a work with a Jew. And now God's about to do a work with a a Gentile. And I want you to know it's going to take the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to manifest himself here. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did the Jew know that the Gentile received the same gift of the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Same thing in Acts 2. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now there's two witnesses. The Holy Ghost will fall upon people. And when he does... He'll give them a brand new tongue when they are filled. And they'll have a new tongue with which to magnify and glorify God. To speak the wonderful works of God and to glorify His holy name. And also, beloved, I really believe with all my heart that there are some things the Holy Ghost does in our lives. It takes us a while to get a hold of ourselves. I believe we've got a whole lot more potential when the Holy Ghost is manifest in and through our lives than we even recognize ourselves. Do you realize that? I really believe that the reason why Jesus was so efficient 
in, in, in carrying out the plan and program of God for his life was because he was so sensitive to the working of the Spirit of God. For the work of God is not wrought or done by the power nor the might of human strength, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, you can speak a dry word of God, or you can speak the word of God with the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? There are those that are out there speaking it every single day without the power of the Holy Ghost. And you know, they're just saying certain things that aren't even really affecting the lives of people. But when the word goes forth in demonstration of the Spirit of power, isn't that what Paul said he came to do? To preach the word in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, great signs and wonders and miracles took place. Praise God. And great happenings took place among the people. And not only right there in their locality, but it reached out beyond their own uh, Jerusalem into the highways and byways and brought them in from different localities. And praise God, it was the working of the Spirit of God. I want you to see something else here. In Acts chapter 19. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. What to expect. What to expect. Oh, you get your tongue ready. Because the Holy Ghost is going to fall on you here tonight. Amen. 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 God wants you to go ahead and yield to the Holy Ghost tonight. Stir up the gift of God. Yield to the Holy Ghost. And He wants us to become more effective and efficient in operating in the Holy Ghost. Because that's how Jesus was effective. We see that Paul, the apostle, remember he was Saul of Tarsus? How many remember that? And on, he was out there trying to put Christians into prison. He was on the road to Damascus when all of a sudden he saw brighter than the, the noonday sun, a light that shone around about him. And of course, he fell to the ground. He was as one blind and he could not see and he was told what to do and where to go and all that. And finally, he did what, you know, Jesus said for him to do. And then he waited and then he was baptized in water and filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember that? He got filled with the Holy Ghost and this guy was radical. Here he was, a Jew who was killing Christians. All of a sudden, he is now a completed Jew. And he's out there speaking in tongues more than ye all. Isn't that what he told the Corinthian church? You know how much the Corinthian church talked in tongues? A whole lot. But he talked in tongues more than ye all. Oh, the whole church. That man did a lot of tongue talking. You would too if you got beaten with rods every other day. You would too if you got stoned. Left in the sea for dead. Where did this man get this, this power to do the things that he did? It was the Holy Ghost. Amen. The mighty name of Jesus, which is battle acts of ministry. But you see, he was endued with power from on high. Amen. The Holy Ghost, I'll tell you what, just fortified him. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, he went about then teaching and preaching the very same one that he was uh, persecuting, didn't he? Right. Amen. And now he's a preacher. He's going about preaching and teaching Jesus. And in Acts 19, it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Someone says, I thought once you get saved, once you believe, you've got all the Holy Ghost there is. Not according to Paul. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. You know, there's a lot of people like that today. There's a lot of people like that today. We've not so much as whether heard that there'd be any Holy Ghost. Well, there is a Holy Ghost. Amen. And he said unto them, Under what then? What were you baptized? And they said, Under John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the, the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Were they saved? I said, were they saved? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were baptized in the name of Jesus and they got saved. Next verse. 
And when Paul laid his hands on them, see, this is after they got saved, after they got baptized, then Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. 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 What is this Holy Ghost coming on, people? What is this presence and power of God? Think about it. The Holy Ghost came on them. He's real. He's a living thing. He's the third person of deity. The third person of the Godhead. I'm telling you, He's at work in the earth today. He's mightily manifesting Himself in the earth today. And He'll do so in the lives of those that are aware of His presence. And that will yield to His power. I'll tell you what, you want to speak the word of faith, but you want to speak it by the unction of the Holy Ghost. It'll make the difference between reality and just agreeing mentally to the things of God. And it says right over here, let's read on. Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues. You can't have a Holy Ghost meeting without praying in tongues. You can't have a, oh, you might have a fictitious one. I thought a Holy Ghost meeting was when you get big goosebumps. No. No, that's not a Holy Ghost meeting. Holy Ghost meeting is when you sit back and, and just stir up the gift of God in you and just say, let, just let the Holy Ghost fall. Amen. Expect Him to manifest Himself. And here we see that they spoke with tongues and now they prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. So we see here are three witnesses that reveal to us or show us that when the Holy Ghost manifests Himself, people speak with other tongues, seem like they're drunk, they appear to be somewhat different, you know, and uh, they, they prophesy, some interpret tongues. These various manifestations take place. There can be trances, there can be visions, and there can be dreams. There shall be signs, and there shall be wonders. There shall be unctions for people to do certain things. But you see, to promote that kind of ministry, you know, you have got to come together and really know that that's exactly what God wants to have happen. That's right. And you, you've got to do your part to cooperate with the Spirit of God to have that happen. And I'm reiterating all this again because it's been a while since we've had a Holy Ghost meeting. We've had all kinds of things coming up and we haven't had a Holy Ghost meeting for a while. And we want to get back into having Holy Ghost meetings. Amen? Amen? We want to get back into having them, praise God, and, and allowing the Holy Ghost to, to manifest Himself. Glory to God. And so that's what we're going to do here. Amen. We can expect the Holy Ghost to fall upon us. We can expect God to touch people in different ways and use people in different ways. Some to give witness. Some to give witness. Hallelujah. Some to give witness to the, to, 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 and testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to the miracle working power of God. Amen. And... If we'll do this, it shall come to pass that there shall come an increase of knowledge and understanding pertaining to the, the ministry and the working of the Holy Ghost among the people. And it will be understood that this ministry is not just for the local body as it assembles together. For you see, the Holy Ghost is upon you everywhere you go. If you will acknowledge that the Holy Ghost is upon you. Say it with me tonight. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is, upon me. is upon me. The anointing of God, the anointing of God and, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is upon me. Is upon me. 
the equipping of God is upon me. See, that supernatural power. That supernatural equipping of the Spirit of God for us to do a work for Him upon this earth. And what is the primary work? To glorify Jesus. Amen. To glorify Jesus. I want you to notice Peter when, in John. When they're about to walk into the temple, being the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, as they went in there and about to go in there, they saw the lame man. You know the story. They pulled him up by the right hand and immediately his feet naked bone receiving strength. He leaping up, walking in the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. And you know that was the power of God that was upon him. He spoke the word, the Holy Ghost was right there upon him, and he brought him up, and he was healed, delivered, and set free by the power of God. And you know what they did? They glorified Jesus. Amen. They tried to exalt him, and he said, No, it's not me. It's not my holiness. It's the name. Amen. It's the name of the Lord Jesus. They glorified Jesus. And the Holy Ghost will glorify Jesus, praise God, in our midst. Amen. And that's what he wants to do. And so I'm going to ask us to very reverently just rise up where you're at, if you would please just stand before the Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead. For me, I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.